Previously on the Galactica Quorum. The Razor episode, it will have a young Admiral Kane and a young Adonima. The woman that plays uh, the bionic woman, I'm not so convinced of yet. The pilot was good. In my opinion, it's not spectacular. I wasn't completely, like, blown off the couch by it. What new female they introduce? An illegal immigrant who apparently kills people. As far as we can tell, the only thing that can keep her from doing this is her brother, the man. So once again, the women, they're all the problem. geek nirvana, really. I think the actor is a dead ringer for family resemblance. Let's give the geeks what they want and see what happens. Hello and welcome to the Galactic Quorum. This is episode number 26. Today we have, well, there's just two of us today. It's a half quorum. A half quorum. Actually, this is the how it all began. It was just you and me. Yeah. As it was in the beginning, so it shall be in the end. <laughs> dust to dust, ashes to ashes. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's half of us today. I'm Brian. And I'm Dimitri. Let's see. Jason is on vacation, and Michelle is on assignment in Vancouver. We have a website, galacticacorum.com, and an email, gquorum at gmail.com. That's G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. And our voicemail number, give us a call, leave us a message, is 206-350-6756. You can also record something on your computer and send us an email to our Gmail account. That works, too. Don't have any emails to read this time, so let's just jump into what BSG material we do have. So we finally have something, a morsel, to talk about for Battlestar. Webisode number one, originally, it showed up in Flash Gordon, but who watches that? I don't watch that anymore. We have a whole two minutes of stuff. Anything you take out of that? I think that the actor is a dead ringer for family resemblance to uh, Apollo. I think he is just, it's perfect. Perfect casting. I agree. That's the first thing I have to say. I thought, wow, he's doing a really good Adama, not impression, like his voice, just the cadence of it. Yeah. It sounds like him without being kind of... Raspy. Yeah, but without trying to make it like an impression. Right, like an impersonation. An impersonation, yeah. I think he's an excellent casting choice there. Actually, surprisingly, there's for two minutes of what they showed us, there's a couple things. When it first starts, it says day 4571, and I did the math to divide by 365. That means it's Silent War is 12 and a half years long. So that gives us a timeline. I don't know if they've presented to us before about how long they've been fighting them, because we've often wondered when this all started, how long the Cylons and the demons have been fighting. That gives us a little bit of a clue there. Yeah. They mention the super weapon on the ice planet. Two things about that. Number one, it can't be just a coincidence that there was a original series episode, Gun and Ice Planet Zero, which was a super weapon, where they have a, a super cannon that can fire and destroy ships, almost like Death Star-like. Right. So that, to me, somewhat of a reference to that. But I'm beginning to think that when they go to this place and they find it, they will turn up or it will be revealed that the first skin job factory or the first experiments are on this place. That's my prediction. But they didn't know the skin jobs existed until we started watching the re-envisioned Battlestar Galactica. So that may not work. I mean, unless some humans find the skin jobs, but then they're eliminated right away without having the opportunity to tell anybody. That might, that might work. Yeah. I feel like they're going to go there, find something, not know what it is, 
And in typical Battlestar fashion, the intel will just be chucked aside without them bringing it back or will be destroyed, self-destruct, something like that. So we, the audience, will know about it, but the colonies will be in the dark. I guess we'll find out what happened to his girlfriend, too. The one, he, the one he should have married. hot. Yeah. He obviously that actress. Woo! <laughs> uh, I like seeing the old hardware. I like seeing what the previous generation pilots wore, just how their costumes are slightly different. The pilot gear, how it's similar to what the current pilots are wearing, but just a little bit different. Yeah, maybe a little rougher around the edges. Not that their gear now is shiny and, and slick, but make it even more like the bolt sticking out of the helmet or something, or yeah. it's just not as refined. Just subtle differences that remind you that they've maybe gone through a few modifications over 20, 30, 40 years. But speaking of like the old hardware, I'm wondering if they're going to show us things like the old Cylon Raiders that are the saucery shaped, disc-shaped. The ends of those extended when they went right. battle, right? Yeah, yeah. that'd be nice. I like those. When I was a kid, I had a Viper toy, and I had a Cylon Raider toy, and the little wings popped out just yeah. a little bit. Those are kind of cool. Yeah, you got the fly-fast mode, and then the wings come out for combat mode. So I'd like to see those. And obviously, we'll, we'll see the Mark II Vipers. It would be absolutely hysterical if they brought back lots of things like that. Like, the saucer would be great. And I think the old gun, the old colonial <laughs> blaster would be hysterical. You know they have those somewhere, or they could have remanufactured it, but that would be great. It'd be nice if someone came in wearing a, a cape. Yeah, like, they like had. just when one guy walks by wearing the, the, the brown bomber jacket with the little gold cape right. hanging off the back. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe if you're a member of the bomber wing, you get to wear the kind of leathery suede jacket. Yeah. I mean, I've actually thought about things like that where I thought that dog boxy. That was cute and funny then, but now it would be ridiculously dumb. But I thought it would be really funny, for instance, if when they're showing the pilots in the locker room and they're getting ready, guy opens up his locker and he's taking some stuff out. And on the inside of the door, people put pictures of their family, of their girlfriend or whatever, of their pet. And it'd be funny if one of them opens it up. And there's a like a photo tacked on there of Boxy. <laughs> a photo of the dog. The dog, yeah. Muffet. Muffet, that's right. Muffet, not Boxy. Boxy was a boy who owned Muffet. Right. Yeah. We'll find out this week, but will they spend any money on effects? Like, will you see Adama flying his Viper? Or will it just be, like, oh, next episode, we're back. Here we are taking off our pilot gear. And they talk through exposition. What I think they opened it up to making a big deal of it. This is his rookie flight. And, you know, we already know that his son, one of his sons got killed on his rookie flight. So I think it would be important to show it. I'll be disappointed if it's not there. This is going to eventually end up on the DVD that they're selling. They're going to put it all together Hmm. and put it on the DVD. So it's not just going to be web quality. It's going to be actual DVD quality. So... Maybe they will spend the money just to, to make it sound and look... Well, then, really if, I mean, with that in mind, then they will. If they are going to sell it, then they're going to make their money back from the DVD. So, yes, they'll they'll put CGI in and they're going to make it glossy. There's been some rumblings and rumors that we'll see the old Silent Centurions show yeah. up in the Razor episode as part of the flashbacks. And I'm wondering if they're going to do it the old man in the suit way or if they'll do CGI way. CGI. Because it might look kind of... Weird if it's... Weird if it's... Well, I think if they did it man in a suit, it would look man in a suit. To me, they should make it CGI, but make it... But make it look like the man in a suit. Make it look like a man in a suit, but make it have more of a mechanical gait to the way yeah, they yeah. walk instead right. of just obviously being a guy in a suit. Right. As long as they're wearing either silver or gold ski boots, then 
That'll be okay with me. <laughs> uh, just as a follow-up to our last show, when I brought up the, the recipe for putting together a BDU outfit, I neglected to mention the boots. They're called Law Pro Boots is the model they actually use on the show. Fairly inexpensive. You can get them at a store, which I will put the links in the show notes. It's getting really down to the wire at this point, so I don't know if it's there's time because we're a few weeks from Halloween, but SciFiHero.net, Daniel, who we've played some clips of in the last couple episodes, he has a kit that you can purchase where you can take the material, like patches, clasps, and use that as the material to modify your BDU jacket. That's basically what you need to convert it. So those are available from him from his SciFiHero.net website. Again, if you're looking for any costuming advice, the colonialfleet.org forums, tons of material there. All right, let's talk about the fall TV shows. There are so many shows. It's geek nirvana, really. For some <laughs> reason this year, the network execs have been like, let's give the geeks what they want and see what happens. There are so many shows, it's really too many. I'm, I'm hoping that there's some attrition and some shows... Those shows aren't going to die out because the two of us are going to die out because <laughs> of all the other losers who don't enjoy them. <laughs> Before we get to some of the new shows, let's bring up Heroes because... Heroes! That is probably the premier network sci-fi show, and we're big fans of that. As we record this, the second episode is aired, uh, and in the second episode... Let's see if we can do a little recap. Hero uh, finds out that his uh, storybook hero is not the man that he was supposed to be, takes his place, defends the girl, saves the day, and we find out in that same section that the English supposed hero gets killed and then resurrects just like Claire and Siler. Does Siler resurrect, though? He's been near Peter, so uh, if Peter can, then he can. I don't think he absorbs it like Peter does. Oh, he has to eat your brains See, I, to get it. They make it sound like he's eating their brains. I've always thought that because he was a watchmaker, he would like, his power was, I can see what makes things tick, so to speak. I don't know how he does inspect the brains. He obviously opens it up and inspects them so some, in some way. I don't know if he actually like devours the brains. They, they go away. They, I guess people don't find them, so we must do something with them. But Right. Okay, so like Peter. And then Claire cut off her toe. Boy Toy saw it. The Petrellis are messed up. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Oh, Suresh went to Haiti, cured the Haitian, and told the Haitian where to go to meet Claire's dad at the Quickie Print. <laughs> and Peter Petrelli joins an Irish gang. My favorite was Hero, and my second favorite portion is Peter Petrelli's portion. I didn't think about it then while I was watching it, but now that I'm here sitting and talking about it, it felt kind of born identity, like shows up, doesn't know what's going on, but he sees someone in peril, so he goes and helps them, but doesn't know what kind of person he is. But then, you know, he's asked to do something sinister and he says, Well no, I'm not you know, I'm not gonna I'm not a thief. Really the one thing that they can do with Peter at this point is give him amnesia. He's so powerful. Yeah. You can't just have a character running around who is so powerful. That's the only choice really they have is to, to give him that. So he forgets what he has. So he forgets what he and has. And then he slowly can, you know, remember powers as they come. And maybe by remembering them slowly, he can learn to use them, control them, and know when to... Because before, even though he had all the powers, he wasn't in control of any of them. You know, he was all over the place. He would go, you know, his hands would go Nova and... He would do this and that. So maybe this maybe we have a good thing. 
Now, you know, the one subplot that you didn't bring up at all was the Wonder Twins. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, they're so I, forgettable. I, I blocked them out. Does anyone really feel engaged by that at all? So, I, really, what they're the Jar Jar Banks of this show. I don't know about that, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> I talked to Jason before he left about the show, and he was just echoing that same sentiment that it's yet another female character that they're just not giving any sort of personal empowerment to us. She's another victim. And the more I watch it, the more... Jason's right. (laughs) Yes, unfortunately, I hate to give him that props. But the more I watch it, the more it becomes evident to me. And it actually somewhat moves to an annoyance factor with me to the point where as they keep doing it, it really begins to affect my attitude towards the show. Just little things like the Swordmaster's daughter, again, with her... She ends up being not someone who stands up for herself, but she is another one that has to be rescued. Who's going to rescue the town? Well, it's not going to be her. It has to be Hero or the other guy. As you start piling on more and more of these little bits of evidence, it just becomes damning what they are doing to these female characters. And how cool would it be if, for once, the Swordmaker's daughter, maybe she is a kick-ass... Maybe she's the one. ...person who... But if they did it, I'd be like, great, finally, thank you. You did it. Actually, that's a good spin if she was actually the one that all the stories are written about. Right. Not the drunk British guy. Not right. hero, but her or something. That'd so be, if they cool. did that, I'd be like, okay, you've redeemed yourself slightly. But they've set it up so far that she's just another female in distress who her well, town even, needs to be saved. Well, there's that, the females in distress. But then you have Mama Petrelli, who is just a big bitch. <laughs> and so she's not a really good female role right. model. Right. Claire could be a good role model except for... You know, in her position, her father is her father, and she's still living in their house, so she has to kind of listen to her dad. But, I mean, she's probably the most positive one. Although I have to say, Claire, her storyline, she's starting to bore me a bit. She's becoming almost like Nikki Jessica-ish to me at this point, because her story isn't doing anything. She's sort of existing. And last season when Nikki came on the screen, I was like, okay, here we are. Let's get to this so we can get past it and get to the next part. Sad to say, but when Claire is on the screen now, it's the same feeling I'm starting to get. It's like, okay, here's Claire. She's going to inevitably, through an accident or some other means, she's going to break something, burn something, spill acid on her, and it's going to heal up, and someone might or might not see it, and it's becoming predictable. Well, remember a few weeks ago we were talking about getting your head cut off, and how would you know if you can grow back? Can Claire lose her head and will it grow back? Can Siler take Claire's brain and her brain grows back. What controls her regrowth? Is it her brain or is it just every single cell in her body that controls it? Well, when she died and couldn't resurrect that one time when she fell and had that piece of wood jammed into her skull, she didn't resurrect and start healing until it was yanked out. Right. Same with Peter. No, right? Same with Peter. So it seems like, well... They... That's because there was something blocking it. But yeah. if there's nothing blocking your empty skull... Yeah. Your brain should just be able to fill right back in. I was wondering about Kensei's power. Like you said, he, he has a healing power. If you think about it, if he has a healing power, you know, he's getting drunk all the time. It's the old Wolverine problem. Like Wolverine has to drink a keg of beer before he can get a buzz because his healing factor knocks out the alcohol right. so fast. I guess his healing factor isn't that great because he's sitting there getting drunk off of sake. The name of this volume for Heroes Season 2 is Volume 2 Generations, so makes you think that he is somehow tied to the future. The uh, Suresh thing? (sighs) Sometimes he annoys me. (laughs) 
He's just like so innocent. And I think after all he's seen and all he's read and, and the family that he comes from and his sister and his father's, he needs to be a little tougher, you know, a little less whiny. The one thing I will bring up about Suresh is from the first episode of the season two where he's talking about the virus. And I was asking if that was meant going to be something more. And everyone else seemed to think that it was just a bait to get the company to notice him. It seems to me like it is going to turn into an actual storyline. Because if the Haitian got the virus, right. it sounds like they are going to pursue that. They did plant the seed early in season one because his sister had it. So they, I guess that has been there before. It's not like it just came up out of nowhere. But this thing they brought up in this last episode was these missing Isaac paintings. Yeah. What's something for Claire's dad to do? Maybe it's a MacGuffin for them to go off and have some adventures, but it, that's the path that they're going to fa- go on. In the season one, it was the sword, and then in season two, it, it's going to be more of these paintings right. for them to find. Maybe the virus is just, you know, they mentioned at the beginning, first season, and they mentioned it again in the second season. Maybe it's just the writer's way of saying, kind of keeping it out there, just in case for some reason the show starts to tank, they have a good way of wrapping it up. All right, for the second episode, I felt they didn't really cover a lot of ground. Jason had said on our last show that he thought that it should be a two-hour season premiere, and this almost felt like this was the second hour of that. Aside from the Haitian, there was nothing new, really, that came around. There was the same Wonder Twins, the same Claire, and the... Again, no Nikki Jessica. And no Nikki Jessica. Siler's still a wall. I like the Peter portion of the storyline, even though, like you said, it's born identity-ish. But I, I like it. I like him in that kind of new role. Yeah. But the thing that drags it down to me is that misogyny that they're just starting to really bug me. So based on that, I give it a C plus, um, and I'm hoping that things ramp up. And the thing the producers have said, like last season, they had a 23, 24 episode season, and they had one long arc, which they found that they had trouble reconciling everything to everyone's satisfaction in one big finale. What they're going to do this season is split in half, have two mini arcs. So basically there's going to be like a half season arc and another half season arc with a few subplots that do straddle. But if that's the case, they need to get going because it's, <laughs> you know, it's already two episodes into what should be like a 12 episode arc. And where's the other new heroes that we've yet to see? Where's Nikki Jessica? Where's Siler? They need to get on the ball. A C seems too harsh for me, so I'm going to give it a B minus. Just because I really like Hero. I really liked Peter Petrelli. I don't really pay attention to Claire. She kind of dropped it off for me. And Shoresh annoyed me, but I like the fact that the Haitian was shown again. So, be minus. Next show, Bionic Woman. Obviously, just a ton of Battlestar actors in it. Did you see the episode uh, from last week? Yes. The second one? I mean, blatant yeah. <laughs> promo for Battlestar on the well, TV. I-, I didn't notice this. Uh, Michelle was talking about it with me before she went away on assignment. Yeah, yeah, it was on the <laughs> I TV. Missed it. I was like, like, Jen was... and I were like, we missed that. Yeah. <laughs> Just in general about the show, the season premiere I felt was pretty rushed. Like the first ten minutes, uh, she's already got her bionics and could have been a ninety-minute to hour premiere. I think it's not too much to ask for a brand new show. Maybe Heroes not, but but for Bionic Woman, it's a brand new show. Yeah. It's been happened before where series premieres open with a two-hour kind of like just really give a good fat background yeah. of the storyline. I felt like Battlestar had the miniseries, which really helped it get to get to speed, a speed up. 
this was just like uh, they just dropped it on you, and they were probably given an hour, and that's what they came up with. But I just felt it, it was didn't bother me. I didn't take it as a negative, but I was surprised at how much stuff they put into one hour of time. It seemed to me like because they had only an hour, they put so much stuff in that uh, it was almost too transparent. Like they said, oh, well, she's got this file, and it's a closed file, and you know right away that she has some history or whatever. And Well, clearly there had to be something because there's a super-duper smart professor, right, scientist who's dating a bartender. Right off the bat, there's something weird. When they were having that little exchange in the uh, quad of the other university, you know, why are you with me? Why are you with me? From there, I decided that something is amiss because even way before the file came up. One thing that was clarified in the second show that was left open in the first that bothered us, my wife and I, Jen, was that she had this big fight scene with Katie Sackhoff, Bionic Woman number one. And, I mean, the combat, you know, she was fighting like a pro, Mm -hmm. you know, blocks and punches and kicks and, like, stuff that you just don't know unless you go and train. I was a little upset that they didn't explain that. And then they conveniently checked in a couple lines about how her bionics came with some... um, tutorials (laughs) tutorials <laughs> right it's like you get a new uh, OS for your computer and it comes with some you know itty bitty applications that you can use to get yourself by until you buy something bigger that's one of the things that I kind of a, an issue with is all the powers that she has she basically has like three tier of powers there's the bionic hardware the actual arms and legs and then there's number two they give her the healing anthrocytes that kind of makes her a little bit too much of a superhero. It makes me feel like she's more than just a bionic woman. Now she's like become like even superhero power because if she can get beat up and then in like two seconds later is, is back. Uh, the third is that innate programming, kind of like the Matrix, where oh you're going to learn judo now, and like yeah. that to me was just a little bit too much because. I don't want a character that can be everything. I'd like her to be limited in some way. Well, I think it would be it would have been uh, interesting if she didn't come with any programming and let's say she's fighting someone like Bionic Woman 1 who's all kung fu-y and clearly has had training. That was the first time she was in a position where she's using her bionics. It would have been funny if she was just fighting, like scrap fighting, like, you know, just, I don't want to say like a girl, but, you know, just scrap fighting like smacking, slapping, punching, kicking, throwing stuff because you don't know how to fight right. and you've never had to fight. All of a sudden someone is fighting you, you fight dirty. And then maybe as the show goes on, she learns stuff and whatever. Yeah. I would have liked the concept more if they would have toned back some of these powers and made it just more about the bionics and the hardware or she has an arm that's really strong and maybe sometimes it goes, it's, it's not working quite well. Right. She just has repaired and Instead of, it makes her a little more vulnerable. Right now, it sounds like she's a little bit too powerful. And the other thing is, uh, when you open up that little box of all these powers, it's like, okay, maybe the hardware for all these, the arm and the, the, the different prosthetics that she has now on her body costs a lot of money. But it sounds like those anthrocytes, why can't they just give that to you know, regular people? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you don't have to have, be in a super car wreck to get that. You know, I'm, you just... Give me some of that, and I'll yeah. be, you know I could be healed up really good. Yeah, that that could be the cure for cancer yeah. and all kinds of ailments and diseases. And there's a few things like the pilot episode that I watched from the net had an entirely different sister. The, uh, yeah, 
I saw that too. The first pass through the the sister was deaf. Uh, it was an entirely different actress. Uh, I feel like having the sister be this really cute hacker girl is a mistake. It feels like the deaf sister to me seems like something that Battlestar would have done, and having the cute hacker girl is something that you see on a typical network TV show. It just seems... Well, that's, that's exactly why they did it. A deaf child is not going to be as appealing to teeny boppers and whoever the, the age range for this show is 16 to 35. I think it just wouldn't have been as appealing and uh, it might have turned off people. And so, they, I mean, that's the only thing that changed from the pilot to the first show. Mm-hmm. And I guess the one other thing about the show is a sentiment that seems to be a lot of people have, myself included, is I almost wish that the story was the Katie Sackhoff character because the Jamie Summers character, I mean, she's hot and whatever, but she just compared to the Starbucks bionic woman. I just want to know more about that character, really. She's just more interesting. She's got a little bit more of an edge. Do you think her character is going to play a big role in the show? Or do you think they're going to phase her out? Based on the previews for upcoming episodes, hopefully they're going to make that character somewhat ambiguous, kind of like how heroes can make a bad guy somewhat good, or everyone's got their own sort of intentions that in a certain situation might be good or bad. So I'm hoping they do that with her, not just make her this whacked out cyborg-y character. And as far as other Battlestar alums, they had uh, Mark Shepard in there, which I didn't buy at all as the doctor's dad. I thought that was just didn't make any sense at all. Like the professor guy, they're like the same age. Yeah, it's like he's in the website bio. Like the professor guy is supposedly only like twenty six. I'm like, yeah, right, and I'm twenty six. I didn't buy it. And then uh, the Aaron Douglas scene. I almost wish they got a different actor to play it because I was under the impression that he was in it and he had a small part, but it was a part that was going to you know potentially come back. But it could have been anybody. He had like two lines and then he was gone. I would have preferred him to like come in and like maybe it was a small part, but. Two or three episodes. Yeah, come back again. As it is, it's like that seemed like just a one shot. But overall, I didn't have high hopes for it. And I didn't think it was terrible. I gave it a B because there's a few things about it that bother me. Kind of the, the cliche fight in the rain at the end. And, and I didn't quite like the main character as much as I probably should have, which is, I guess, a big deal because it's the main character. But we'll give it a shot. We'll see how it goes. I'll also give it a B. But really not for anything that I've said so far, but basically the same sort of thing that I have with Galactica. Even though it's a, you know, it's a sci-fi show, it seems to not have a lot of sci-fi in it. And um, I would have enjoyed some more jumping, some more bionics. The technology is there. It's brand new. I mean, if I had just been implanted, I wouldn't just jump across the street once. I'd be jumping <laughs> across the street many times. I'd be seeing how high can I jump? You know, how far down can I jump? Yeah. How much can I lift? Like, just show her, not with the Chinese guy in a uh, boxing ring learning how to fight, but, you know, have her outside in the street in a abandoned train yard or something, right. just pushing herself on her own to see what she can do. Because we don't know what she can do. There's more shows for us to discuss, but we are out of time for this episode. So we will discuss some of the other geek shows that are on the schedule right now in an upcoming episode. Just a reminder, our website is galacticacorum.com. Email is gcorum at gmail.com. So until the next time, bye-bye. So say we all.
Yeah, we can talk all fucking day. We can have a four-hour radio show. That's what we need to do. 